0: I mentioned last night that it was dangerous to, to bring a man and his wife down here because you'd never, it was so nice that you'd never want to leave. Um, and something else that was so nice that I love about being here is uh, I showed up to the, to the office yesterday to, to, meet, to meet Jonathan the pastors, and uh, I was overdressed. I was wearing black pants. <laughs> and Jonathan said, do you have jeans? <laughs> so I went back and changed. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> and flip-flops, I didn't should have brought those. Um, Let recap a little bit from yesterday. Uh, some of the goals I set up was that I wanted that, I wanted us to talk about, to start with personality and temperament. Um, all the things that make it difficult for us to rest and mentally get quiet. Um, and if we talked about a little bit of how we tick, then we could understand how the Word of God could reach us in all of who we are. Our personalities and our temperaments, our bodies, our minds, everything. And I talked a little bit about ideals, uh, so, you know, the ideal Christian picture that you have in your mind. And I said, if you listen to the culture much, you're going to hear that um, that introvert, the kind of quieter side, and extrovert, the kind of louder, engaging, eager side, uh, is not just different ways of being people or different strengths and weaknesses, but that often it was pitched like this. If you're an introvert, that's not the way to be, and if you're an extrovert, that is the way to be. And I said that in the church, that just gets baptized and brought right in so that it becomes not just positive, but Christian. You need to be an extrovert to be a Christian. What, so what, what, some of what we did was I said, okay, we changed it. We said, no, there are actually the strengths and weaknesses to both. You don't necessarily get more godly either side of it if you're just starting there. We have to get off the spectrum entirely. Something I could have said is that it, it actually goes the other direction in some other cultures and even in the church often with uh with christian women it's taken um sometimes this is the side that's considered the good side and this is considered the bad side Bad side if you're good at things if you're eager um sometimes it's looked on with suspicion and i whenever i've given this talk it's 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 common that uh that some of the christian women say the ideal works a little different for us sometimes have y'all felt that too that sometimes there's, a, there's just a certain kind of quietness that's just a personality thing that you're, that's held up as the ideal. So, in any case, whatever ideal we're starting with, we, we want to get off the spectrum. We're not just wanting to embrace and just drink in our culture's values. So we actually want to head up off the spectrum and head toward being like Jesus. And so we don't want to, we don't want to, uh, okay, I'm introvert, I need to head to be more extrovert, so I get all the weaknesses there, all of a sudden become vulnerable to all those problems. Or if I'm extrovert, I don't want to head this way and just try to be vulnerable to all these problems. We want to head up toward Jesus. The, God's given us an ideal. We don't have to kind of create our own. And in, in fact, our own are worth examining and taking down off the shelf and looking at and seeing if they're accurate. So the other thing we did yesterday was look at the life of Jesus and examine that. And so this, this should really be how we think of how we rest with the Lord in, in, the, in our minds and then how we engage with each other uh, in the church and how we serve. We should follow him as our model, drawing from him the resources we need to do the things he's called us to do. That's where we've been. And where we're going today is to look at the, just the noise of life. Okay, the why, why is it so hard to rest and stop and, and find the peace that the Lord has for us? And we're going to kind of look at it from the, the inside and then the outside. So the, the first one is going to be on quietness and the life of the mind. So what do I bring into my life? You know, the way I tick? What do I bring to my, the spiritual equation that makes it hard for me to rest in the Lord? And then the second part is going to be quietness and work. So what, what about the life structures? Just the way we set life up sometimes just makes it very hard to rest. What's driving that? So first we're going to talk about quietness in the life of the mind. And I want to, uh, I want to quiet us a little bit with the with the scriptures. Um, so if you want to open up your booklet, I'm just going to read uh, Psalm 131 to start us with You feel free to follow along. My heart is not proud, Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me, but I have calmed and quieted myself. I'm like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child, I'm content. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forever. I don't know about you, but that's a quietness, I think, that escapes a lot of us a lot of times. I mean, how can, who can honestly pray this prayer? Lord, I've quieted myself. I'm content. I'm, just, I'm fine. <laughs> you know, Israel, everyone else, you know, all of us, let's hope in God. But I, I feel good right now. <laughs> it's one of those psalms where you pray, you're like, oh, I don't know if I could pray that. And I want to start us out. Uh, some, some of you are at groups, uh, groups and tables with people that are new, uh, new today. So I want to take just a couple minutes and uh, invite you to kind of connect for a moment. And, and the, the icebreaker is just going to be what makes life noisy for people? You don't have to put all of your noise out there immediately, um, but you can just share generally. What, what makes life so noisy? Why does it become hard for just people in general out there? <laughs> so take, take three or four minutes. Okay, let's go ahead and come back together. Let's go ahead and come back together. The reason I want to do this is just like last, just like last night. I want us to put all of, in a sense, before the Lord all of who we are, so all of His message speaks to all of us. And here, I think we're going to hear the comfort of the Scriptures more clearly if we have a clear idea of what our noise is. So, what, what, did, what did some of what was some of what you all came up with? What what makes life really noisy? Okay. Everything about them or what what Okay. Children. Small children you said? Yeah. And big children, and big children. okay? <laughs> okay. Get get um get a little specific about it. So Schedules. Yes. They're boyfriends. boyfriends. <laughs> oh. What's that? Voices, Voices, okay. I thought you said boyfriends. (laughs) That sounds noisy too. Yeah. What else? Internet. Okay. So yeah, the connect the whole connectivity piece to life now? Yeah. Sorry? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, the sum, maybe you can say sum total. It just there's a there's a cumulative weight of everything that's going on. Okay. What else? Yes. expectations, what they expect Yes. Perceived and actual, right? Yeah. What was that? Yes. You put that up here too. I'm sorry. Yes, yes, it's true. Okay? Yes. Leave it to finances to ruin a good meal out. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful to go out to eat. Oh, shoot. Should we be doing this? <laughs> yes, sir. Probably will board, but the noise made by correct media like Al Sharp and like <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll, uh, I'll count that in the news media there. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know anything else that'll feel noisier than turning on a little bit of talk radio and just hearing everything, you know, just, yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. So just like, a, you know, our culture and what's in your head to sell, climb the ladder, mm-hmm. successful, expect, you know, it's kind of like the expectation based. You don't understand what you're yeah. doing, but it's like, a, like your role. Sure. Yeah. Uh, role, drive some degree identity who am I going to be how am I going to get there how do I know when I've gotten there is this or is this really all there is once you in a sense you get there yeah. yes yes over commitment right you could probably fill the whole board right Mhm. Yes Yep <laughs> I was like Wow <laughs> Good job <laughs> Right Yeah the mundane things Cause some noise too Yeah I have a good list going I think there's some other Big categories too That could be up there work okay. whether it's uh, employees bosses mm-hmm. customers you could connect that too with the uh, expectations you could connect it too with the there was another one desire to please right yeah. and, the and yes of course <laughs> and over commitment <laughs> yeah everything finances every, actually everything could be connected in some way to work right Mm-hmm. Like my just Right you know, email, Right this, this whole connectivity thing um, It can be hard to get some peace and quiet Right And not to be you know, and It's strange how you, know, you can even just forget to turn, turn it off During a meeting or something or, or midday you check your email Or you turn on the news Or you even just walk by and you see an update And it, it can just take your mind away the whole day uh, we live kind of close to where the, the train derailed last week. And so just finding news out about that can just be in the back of your mind um, for the rest of the day almost. If it, especially if it's something really tragic you hear about. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, what what is uh what is noisy about that one? It's irritating, but... It's, just, it's extra work yeah. to figure out what went wrong. Yeah, so the noise in your mind might be like walking away from the conversation, maybe, and thinking, oh, I shouldn't have said that, or I should have said this, or, you know. Yeah, social regrets. Health concerns. Health concerns. that's what I was waiting for, Yeah. And obviously this one goes from the, um, the minor all the way to the most severe um, and of ourselves and also people we love. Um, so if someone you love is going through a big health need, and I'm not, at least for me, I'm probably not going to be of much use most of the day, uh, especially first when I find out something needs to happen or surgery surgery's coming or, or waiting for a test. It takes my mind out of every, almost everything else I'm doing. And then just on the small side, the silly little side is like, if I get bad allergies, like my mind is distracted almost the entire day, and I'm like almost worthless. Yeah. Culture? Okay. How, how so? Anything in particular about culture that's. I'm married 28 years, and I still am not getting cured. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, cross-cultural too, is it? Yes, hmm right, and I can maybe include that with uh, the miscommunication too, but I, I think there's something much more profound to that, um, I remember at work one time we decided to have a meeting and discuss race and, uh, and culture, and all the uh, all the white people around the table had just a real easy time being like thinking about diversity and how interesting and how wonderful it all was, and anyone who was a non-white person at the table immediately cried. And I and I remember that th- several I guess it was a few years ago at this several years ago at this point, I remember it hitting me that th- that this is a much deeper uh, a much deeper issue that creates noise than I think most of us, at least most of, that I did not realize. That it hits uh, at a very deep level when you don't feel at home. Um, And that that causes a fair amount of noise, not just because people accidentally say offensive things occasionally, which they do, um, but there's just something to not being in your element um, or not feeling known and understood. And and probably most of us could access that and think of times when you felt that way, but I think for people in a cross-cultural setting, that's extremely, uh, extremely significant more so than probably again more so than I ever knew but. Mm-hmm. yes okay I think I saw a hand uh, another hand as well actually yes there's something speaking in the back of your mind a lot of times mm-hmm. yes yeah bigger questions like, like the values and then smaller questions like I believe like you mentioned um, just you know this interaction ten minutes ago you know you're, you, you shouldn't have said that you kind know, of the accusation the accusing voice I think you just made my transition for me <laughs> thank you <laughs> There's a big piece of noise that we deal with. I think everyone deals with it to a degree. And I'm going to uh, illustrate it with a comic first. I'll read it for you if you can't read it. Um, it's two people at a party. Am I smiling enough? Should I be leaning or something? Where do, where do my hands go? I hope he couldn't, doesn't ask me what his name is. I, oh, no, I've said yeah too many times. Uh, what, are, uh, what are some other agreeing words? Oh, crap, his story just said something sad. Oh, stop smiling. Stop smiling. <laughs> <laughs> So you see the, the, person, his li- the person's life there is very, very noisy. They're not present. They're not engaged in the conversation because they're so worried about, you know, even just where my head's going, you know, what do I do? <laughs> There's, uh, I, you know, a, a, couple, a few years ago, I was working on an article about um, kind of that self-condemnation and it's just this, this kind of inner critic idea. And so I just, for, for a brief time, I, I, was, I was actually just asking people in public, um, you know, if I was working at a coffee shop with a couple of friends or something, and there was another person around, I would say, so we're talking about the kind of that critic in the back of your head. What does yours say? <laughs> and I was surprised at how ugly so many of the uh, that voice in the back of your head, uh, just how horrible it was. And, uh, you know, I've been, in, been counseling long enough to, you know, with a lot of Christians to know that, you know, cr- good Christians who curse like sailors at themselves in the back of their head. <laughs> but you know and I think you know what this is right so it's things like you know you, you, you kind of watch yourself doing things throughout the day oh you're so stupid why did you do that you always do stuff like this leave it to you to mess it up again well I guess you really are a failure and you're ugly <laughs> and, uh, I, don't know, I don't know if you identify with that but there's um it can be a really ugly, strong voice in the back of your head where you're just criticizing each other throughout the day. What, what do you, in a sense, what do you meditate on? What are you thinking about throughout the day? What is that voice saying? Let's take a. Um, oh, i I'll, I'll read a, a brief quote uh, from Martin Lloyd-Jones. He was a, he was a pastor uh, in Britain about, uh, I think he passed away about 30, 40 years ago. He said, have you ever realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself. Take those thoughts that come to you in the morning that you wake up with. You've not originated them, but they're talking to you. Uh, They bring back the problems of yesterday, etc. Somebody is talking. Who's talking to you? Yourself is talking to you. So he's saying that basically we kind of almost like we coach each other, coach ourselves throughout the day. Except it's not usually coaching. It's usually like the exact opposite of the kind of coach you would want. The exact opposite of the cheerleader you were mentioning the other day. It's a person who's just going to just capitalize on every single thing you've done wrong. Let's take just a minute. I think this would be valuable. Um, let's take a moment of quiet. And if you feel comfortable jotting it down, you can. If not, just meditate a little bit there at your seat. The question is, what is my noise? And uh, what is that critic saying? You can jot down the noise. And then if the critic, if you actually put the voice, put words to what that kind of that voice in the back of your head says, what, what would it say? Let's take maybe two or three minutes. I'm curious how many of you uh, found and realized that your life was a whole lot noisier than you thought. And how, you know, did you, yeah? Yeah. How many, were, how many of you were surprised by how ugly and dark kind of that critical voice was? Yeah? When you actually put a couple words to it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you went there. I'm glad you're willing to, to face it. I think this is going to get us ready to hear from the Word. If we can pause for just a moment before we move into some of the some of the comfort, so I put a big big line here. The problem is that we have noise. That's part of the problem. But there's another part of the, there's another huge huge component to the problem. It's that when we actually take a few moments of stillness like this, how many for how many of you was it pleasant? <laughs> no, no hands, right? It was not very pleasant. At least if it's if you're like me at all. You didn't enjoy it, that the quiet actually was a little uncomfortable when you actually faced some of what just automatically naturally comes to your mind. And so what would you rather do? What would I rather do? I'd often rather embrace the noise, right? I'd rather almost stay overconnected and overcommitted and just running myself ragged, because sometimes when I stop, and when I actually think I face some darker things. I face uh, health concerns, either my own or the ones people I love. Um, I face my expectations. I face all the things I feel when I want to please people and when I want to uh, prove my identity or my role and and show myself for something. I'd rather run between the schedule things sometimes than face what's actually sometimes the, the darkness that I think if the light shined in... Uh, good things would happen, although it'd be uncomfortable because it exposes, right? If we walk in the, his, the the light as he's in the light, though. We have fellowship one with another, so actually, rather than just exposing us and making us feel awful, it creates fellowship. We walk in the light as he's in the light. We have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins. So this is good that you faced that. I'm glad you did, even though for some of you, I think it even it was even emotional to do this. Um, but I also want Before we move to the comfort, I think there are two ways that we can, we could go off um, and that would keep us from getting to the comfort if we were just, we weren't working together like we're working today. We go to this and we get real serious and we get real sad real quick or real upset. And then what would be the ways that people in general, and I'm not asking you to detail your vices in public, but what would be uh, the ways that some people... We go ahead and try to silence that vo- the voices or the noise. It's so uncomfortable that you just want to silence it. Sometimes you go back to the noise. Sometimes you try to shut it off. So what, what are ways people do that? Again, it doesn't have to be yours. Yes. Escape vices. spices. Alcohol is a big one though. Uh, yes. Medication, yeah illegal drugs okay okay what else okay so here we're uh kind of the noise right <laughs> but yeah it's both Yep. Yeah, arguing back with your own performance, right? I think there was another hand. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Yeah, just... You know, it's almost like uh, you're mowing the yard and mowing the grass and then you have that, you know, that choke thing. You just put it, you know, put the engine harder, you know, rev it up even more. Sports. Sports, yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't possibly be an. I can't possibly be an escape. <laughs> it's just part of life. <laughs> Sorry? I said, a good opportunity to go yes. Uh huh. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be more my family. (laughs) Busyness, Busyness? yeah. Rush to the next thing. Busyness. Music. Music, yeah. <laughs> that's such a like polite way to put it right yeah exercise, exercise? yep eating Eating. <laughs> oh i see a lot of ooh. <laughs> sleeping. not sleeping or sleep sleeping, sleeping. yep Okay, reading, Reading, yep, (laughs) video games, games, yep, the The what, like spa spa treatments, okay, yeah, Yep. Mm-hmm. On the move. Always going to the next thing. Right? Yeah. Yes. And, I, and obviously, I can think that's maybe... Maybe this would see we'd see a little bit of the uh, if we had a flow chart that would you know we we'd um, see some of the noise we'd see people's having a hard time finding the noise focusing in on other people's problems and you see some of the energizing drive behind gossip I wouldn't be surprised if that's there too yeah anything else about filled up the board so we don't have a lot of room. Reading the Bible? Okay. As oh, a way to silence the noise? Well, that takes us up to... Uh, I should have left more room. It takes us a little bit to where we're going. All right. All right. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna call that reaching up. I should have left more room for that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Are all are all of the things on here bad? No. Are any of them obviously in every case wrong? Drugs I guess Illegal drugs Okay Yes Yes So be- Yeah before we put drugs on there um, What I'm highlighting is that probably most Most of the things Maybe not all of them I, There are some ways you can just escape and Just go in and get Getting get drunk You know we didn't put pornography on here drugs, um, there are some just outright escapes like I need the whole world to just shut up and I'm going to go away for a while. And those are you say, whoa, something, something else is going on here. It's, it's taken up a notch away from healthy things that in themselves there's nothing wrong with. Of course, sports, hard work, shopping, exercise, eating, music, all those things are good gifts from God. And yet if we put the burden of all of our noise onto these things they're not going to be able to pull it off for us it's just going to be kind of like trying to silence all the noise without actually dealing with it right probably though if your life is noisy exercise eating right eating right <laughs> I guess you know going for going to do something you enjoy there, there is some a, there's a good there's a good aspect to that that I think is from the Lord but I think there's something um, there's something insufficient let's just say it that way There's something insufficient about all the ways that we try to silence the noise because it doesn't effectively do it, right? Or if it does, if it really effectively does it, then usually we're having to take it up to such a notch that we're harming other people in the process. We're doing things bad for our spiritual state. Um, A little bit of sports is great, but if you needed, you know, a solid 8 to 10 hours in a day to get your mind off all the horrible things that are going on, you see what I'm saying let's uh, let's leave some of this some of this darker stuff some of the noise let's just sit with a couple verses for a little bit they're not I didn't, I didn't print a massive paragraph so I want to take it in a chunk I'm taking a little manageable chunk of scripture and I want us to look, look at uh, these two passages Psalm 131 that I already read in Zephaniah 317 and I want to ask uh, ask a basic question well, I can ask it in a couple ways. One part is, what do you see as the ways people are finding mental and spiritual quiet? How's the person in this verse finding spiritual rest? The second is, um, why is the person calmed or quieted in these verses? Why is the person calmed? The person in each case ends up calm. Why? That would be the main question. I didn't put the other one up there. We can just focus on that one. We'll take about three or four minutes. Just study that on your own. Okay, let's continue the conversation as a bigger group. I'd love to hear what some of you said at your tables. What, as you're looking at the scripture, you're just putting it before you in the context of all the noise, why do you see the person in the scriptures finding rest Why? Why, What calms the person? Yes, sir? Trusting the Lord. Yeah. Someone else earlier said, uh, the word of God, going to the word of God. Sorry? Perspective. Perspective. Okay. What what would we, um, what would we need to see in order to be quieted, what's what's that bigger perspective? Yes, sir. I was telling Barry last and my wife, that you know I feel a lot of times when I'm when I'm trying to run my own life, when I'm outside mm-hmm. God's car and in my car, I do. I'm not as patient. I'm not as nice. And when I get in God's car, all that stuff goes away. So to me, mm-hmm. trying to stay more hands of God rather than being wrong. wrong, I think that's a a common struggle with a lot of Christians. You know, you try to fight good and evil and and it's a conflict. Yes. You fail and you get in your own car and you're running your day-to-day business life and getting a hamster wheel Mm -hmm. I mean, the noise just... Yes. Sound, you know, it's overpowering. No, you're you're right. Mm-hmm. that's good yes <laughs> I like that passenger kind of idea it's like I can be a backseat driver in God's car too right <laughs> um, or I can try to be in my own car or I can be kind of the trusting passenger yeah yes both these Yeah, which is hard to do if you're running after all the ways to silence the noise if you're not at least getting some time or even if you're exercising you're on a run for a few moments finding time to hear which probably for different people will be different times but finding something that's quiet enough that you can hear yes sir in the back yeah Yeah. draw out the difference between that and what you say in the back of your head right. uh, yes ma'am it doesn't depend on my that, that's the big deal yes yeah and I think uh, maybe I could say you know you're aware that it's not your performance and that the, there's a certain quality to that love that's just different than what we're we're experiencing other places, or that it's we, not the voice. yes, it's not the voice. Yep, um, God's love. Yes. We were talking about why it says that he exults over you loudly, to be quiet. But we were wondering if maybe that was the voice Huh? Yeah. Right. Maybe you could say it like this: in Christ. God has allowed approval. <laughs> and it's not just approval, that's not even the right way to put it, right? He's happy. He loves you, cherishes you. Um, I think there was a, yeah. Um, well, we were talking about too, like who you are in relationship to who he is. Mm-hmm. Like you said That yeah. So, like, like, mm-hmm. well, right. I like, I like that. Um, so there's a, there's a way that we can... Uh, I mean, you know, it's in the, kind of in the culture that, that the goal should be a self-esteem or a self, like almost a self-exaltation. And then sometimes as Christians, are like, well, maybe it's a self-deprecation. Uh, I must decrease, he must increase, right? Um, but I, I think there's, there's a real value to accurate self-knowledge. It's not overinflated, but it's not... Uh, inaccurate in a kind of a negative cast. It's just accurate to where you are with your strengths and weaknesses, where you are in your growth in the Lord. You know it. Um, and there's, you know, maybe the more powerful piece of what you're saying you know is you know what's too much for you. You know what you're called to do. You, um, you're not proud because you know who you are. Uh, you don't concern yourself with great matters because you're not taking it on yourself to save the world. Yeah. Can that can this state I'm okay with all that yeah can that become a verb Is that so I'm content I'm okay so how, how do we do that <laughs> we're here. That's what, <laughs> <laughs> you know I think you just saying it is part of it right um, maybe we could say I'm content almost suggests that you've already finished the process, right? Maybe a, a verb could be Lord, I'm resting. I rest now. Like you, you, It's an action. You entrust. You're trying to do something. I, I put on that third section there, reach up. Finding some way to, to actually engage it, right? Not just have this be a condition off there that I hope I can get to contentment someday. Right. Uh, yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. and evaluated um, uh, made different choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Made changes, yeah. Um, made a different choice. There was something deliberate. There was a, an action or a, a mindset that there was effort to do, deliberate. There was another hand, I think. Um, what's it? Okay. I was actually looking at the same verse we child a mother and a child, but different than they're the child's wean, because no longer the child's no longer demanding the nutrients, and all of a sudden there's no longer that struggle between the mother and the child and that relationship, it goes to the next level of the mother can then just hold and comfort the child because the child's satisfied which, you know, there's a different the, the relationship has changed to, to a place and so hmm. i think about that relationship and how a lot of these are kind of that place where the mother's meeting a kernel need instead of meeting a physical Mm-hmm. And so it's meaning and so she's singing, she's comforting, she's bringing that which brings a need of an that internal need. But that external needs where the child is yeah. crying and demanding and needing. Mm-hmm. That's all that's been subdued and that's it's gotten away with, so that's always a yeah I would love to hear some more of you interact like that on the on this uh, the weaned child. Did you all feel see see it similarly? Those of you who have weaned a child. What's the difference? <laughs> or, or two or three or four children. <laughs> What's the difference? And I know he's, he, he shared it. He summarized it really well. But I, wanna, I, wanna, I would love to hear a couple of you. beautiful yes they know and they trust child knows and trusts you know, there's an infant there's just there's not there's not quite the awareness like oh, hey, hold on okay if I cry just a little bit mom's gonna come you know it's like just an ah, ah, I need it I need it. I need food I need food you know um, not that toddlers can't be like that but they can ask for they can ask for it right they're, they're almost to the point where they can they can start to ask um, they can go off the rails of course um, but like you said they've built up the, the mindset there is that, that a building up of trust that someone bigger than me who loves me knows what I need and mom's going to make sure I get it yeah. Yeah. I want to look at this uh, just a quick example of this uh, this process I, I, I kind of uh, pushed back a little bit and said oh, can we make this a verb is there something we can do and so let's look at, at uh, Psalm 42, and, and we won't spend a lot of time on it, maybe uh, a little less than five minutes before we take a break. And it's going to be up here. Unfortunately, I didn't print this one out, but if you have, a, if you have your, your Bible, feel free to look at it. I'm, I'm not going to look at the whole passage. I'm going to pull out a couple uh, illustrations. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So what's happening here? What is, in just this one phrase, what, in what way is it a verb? What's the person doing? They're talking to themselves, and uh, what are they saying? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. It's not just positive, power positive thinking, right? It's, uh, I'm talking to myself, and I'm telling myself what? You need to praise, you need to you seek the Lord. Seek a way to praise him, which if you're hearing all the noise, it's hard to find something to praise about, right? Let's go to the next one. My soul's downcast within me, therefore I will, what? Remember. I'm calling to mind certain things. I'm actually being deliberate, like, like the woman had said over here. There's a deliberate choice almost. I'm calling this to mind. How about the next one? By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. What's happening here? Yeah, refresh with what is, who is God? And, you know, it's neat that kind of connects with with Zephaniah 3.17. He's loudly singing over us. And here his song is with me, but here it's our song. It's a prayer to the God of my life so he's directing himself he said to praise but he's also directing himself or herself to prayer there's a direction like a deliberateness okay the next one I say to God my rock why have you forgotten me how what's here questioning so he's actually not just talking to yourself telling yourself to pray but you're praying and did the person wait until they felt wonderful things before they prayed. No. <laughs> the person didn't wait till things were better. Said how The person said, talk to the Lord about how this person actually felt. Why have you forgotten me? That's what it feels like. Is that true? No. <laughs> and then this is where it ends. Revisits the same thing. Circles back. So you see, talking to yourself, coaching yourself. No, don't do it. You know, hope in God, don't do that. And then, uh, no, think about God's love no and then actually talking to the Lord why have you forgotten me how come everything is going this way it feels like you're not close to me and then back to coaching yourself a little bit my soul what, why are you downcast why are you so disturbed put your hope in God for I will yet praise him I will yet praise him that's taking it to a verb right one verb was rest but one verb is I'm still gonna praise him I'm gonna fight to still praise him so this, this takes us in two directions that I'll, that I'll end with. One is a, a call to arms. To engage, to fight, to, add, to fight back, to push back to that voice that's kind of in the back of your head, the condemning voice that I think honestly has a little bit more in common with the accuser of the brethren, the adversary, than it does of the Lord. Which actually takes it up another level. This isn't just, oh, you know, you need to work on your self-talk. Or, oh, you need to work on your, your, your view of yourself. No, you could actually be kind of coaching yourself with the kind of words that would sound better coming from the adversary. Which, is, which makes it more serious. It makes you want to fight, right? It makes you want to fight to think and meditate on the things you want. We should, right? It's not a new problem. Richard Baxter from about 400 years ago said, you need to preach to yourself in order to quicken the heart. Enter into a serious debate with it. Plead with it in the, with the most moving and affecting language. Urge it with the most weighty and powerful arguments. So he's saying fight and argue. If you're thinking of certain things, you're kind of meditating and you take it in a bad direction. He's saying fight back hard. Martin Luther similarly. So learn to speak to one's heart and to the law so that when the law creeps in on your conscience, learn to be a cunning logician. To use arguments of the gospel against it. Say, O law, you would climb up to the kingdom of my conscience and there reign and condemn me for sin. And you would take from me the joy of my heart that I have by faith in Christ. And you would drive me to desperation that I might be without hope. Law, you have overstepped your bounds. Know your place. You are a guide for my behavior, but you are not a savior and Lord of my heart, for I am baptized." And through the gospel, I am called to receive righteousness and eternal life. So trouble me not, law, for I will not allow you, I will not allow you so intolerable a tyrant and a tormentor to reign in my heart and conscience, for they are the seat and temple of Christ, the Son of God, who is the King of righteousness and peace, and my sweet Savior and mediator. He shall keep my conscience joyful and quiet in the sound and pure doctrine of the gospel. Through the knowledge of this passive and heavenly righteousness. You're like passive and heavenly, right? I receive, I'm passive. I need to receive a righteousness from him. Kind of gave me chills. You like that? So you should fight. Don't give in. Don't give in to the voice of the adversary, the one who wants to destroy you. This is also a call to engage. A call to Rest. So, I think I said at the beginning that um, sometimes, well, I don't know if I said it or not, but sometimes this kind of noise, it feels intractable. It just is not going away, no matter what you try. And I think that's what drives a lot of this hardcore, kind of very serious silencing behavior, is just the noise is not going away, and you're just suffering. And there's a sense of what you can kind of feel like sometimes I feel so weak to reach up even, and I fall short. I fall short of responding to all the noise in the way God would have me. So I need the gospel to meet my heart, like the title of this lecture is there, you know. We need Jesus' help even just to do this, even just to do the reaching up. I mentioned, I did know, I I did mention at the beginning that in Psalm 131, it's a prayer that is almost awkward to pray um, to yourself. Kelly, would you mind uh, advancing that to Psalm 131? Yeah, I think it goes at the end. I didn't include it. It's in your it's in your booklet. That's why. <laughs> it's not Kelly's fault. It's mine. So Psalm one thirty one. I mentioned that it was a little bit uncomfortable to pray it yourself because it's not true of us, almost, right? I actually struggled to quiet myself in the right way. One of the ways to deal with some of these psalms that are so uncomfortable almost to pray to ourselves, pray of ourselves, for ourselves, is to imagine Jesus as the ideal Christian, as the ideal uh, follower of the Lord, praying the psalm himself. So think about Jesus saying this. Jesus is able to say, Father, my eyes are not haughty. I'm not concerned with great matters or things too wonderful for me. He is serving in the small and the big ways right in front of him each day in, day out. Jesus has calmed and quieted himself. He can say he's like a weaned child with his mother. He's calmed and quieted before his father perfectly. And then he calls all of us, his church, his people, put your hope in the Lord both now and forever. So he's up ahead of us. He's done this better than we could have ever done it. He did it for us. So in a sense, I, you know, last night I said, you know, it's almost like we pray, I believe, help my unbelief. Lord, I'm, I'm quiet, I'm resting, help my lack of rest. So as we imagine Jesus in small and big ways, drawing from the Lord, his Father, through the Spirit, to to do what he needed to do before he offered himself up, we can here see Jesus on our behalf. He secured a quiet rest and a peaceful destination that we're headed towards. Heaven is a land that's loud with God's praises, but it's quiet with his rest. And Jesus prays for us even now. May it be as it is in heaven so on earth. So that's where he's taking us. He's taking us to a place of rest and then the church, us together, it's meant to be a foretaste of this. That when, as we know and see God more clearly, as we reach up to him together, aware of how much we fall short and how much we need Jesus even to just follow him in this way, it's meant to be a foretaste of what we're actually going to see with him one day. Let's pray to to that end. Dear Lord, But our eyes are sometimes haughty and too lifted up, and we concern ourselves with all kinds of things that are too big and wonderful for us. It's so hard to remember. We find a hard time, find it hard to remember uh, the sparrow or the lilies that you clothe them, because we're so concerned and we want to drive. We want to be the person in the driver's seat in our lives so many times. I pray that you would calm us and comfort us, that all the things that we lack in ourselves. Uh, to, to deal with the problems that we face. We're meant to feel that to some degree and then come to you for the answer. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.